0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone and welcome to the Phideous Club. This is a special episode for June 2017 where we talk about healthcare in Europe mostly. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club. The Phileas Club is, as most of you know, I'm sure, a show where we get people from different parts of the world and different cultures, different countries to get together and talk about what's been happening in the world in the past month or so. That's the regular episodes we do, and they're fascinating. You should go and listen to those, too. But for this one, um, we're going to be doing a special, and specials are where we have a one-on-one, usually, conversation, about a specific topic. It might be life in a country that many of us are not familiar with, or a uh, kind of political leaning that we're not experiencing in our daily life, or, uh, you know, all of these kinds of specific topics um, that we like to cover to explore uh, other, I I almost said alternative, but it's not alternative viewpoints. It's really just other viewpoints that we might not be exposed to um, often. And this one, in this one, we're going to be talking a little bit more about healthcare, um, specifically in Europe. And I'm going to get into why in just a minute, why I decided to do this episode. Um, but first... Let me introduce, well, I guess myself, my name is Patrick Beja, I live in France and Finland, um, and my guest today is Bruce Woodward, um, who has an interesting uh, story and history. You were in Zimbabwe and now you're in the UK, in Scotland. Yep. Um, how are you doing, Bruce? I'm doing fine, thanks, Patrick. Um, so before I get into why, how, when, uh, all of this for this show, uh, can you tell us just a couple of words about yourself to um, to situate
1: the listeners? Um, I work... Um uh, in healthcare, I actually work in uh, for a council in Scotland. I live in Scotland. I used to live in Zimbabwe. I've been living in Scotland for about four or five years now, and uh, I currently work in health and social care. So um, I've got a I've got a bit of an understanding, and I had a bit of, I had a similar reaction to many people, I think, uh, uh, to your uh, previous episode. He- yeah. Previous episode, yes. So. So yeah, let me tell you a little bit
0: uh, the thought process I went through to when I decided to do this one. Um, we did talk about healthcare in the previous episode. Um, it wasn't the the only uh, topic of conversation, but we did address it quite uh, uh, in a lengthy segment. Um, and it was with the uh, presence of a couple of my conservative friends who gave their opinion on the healthcare and uh, their views on that That uh, question, I hesitate to say issue because it shouldn't be an issue really, but uh, it turns out it is in many countries and not just the US. Um, And we did get a lot of feedback on that episode. Um, A lot of the feedback was, I don't want to say negative in the sense that uh, people thought it was a bad episode, but I think a lot of people were frustrated with how we discussed healthcare. And there was definitely a um a, a, a underlying current of people thinking that we didn't explain healthcare And that we should have, you know, expert understandings on on why healthcare works the way it does and how the uh, Affordable Care Act by uh, the Obama presidency didn't work out the way it should have initially because of uh, certain parties blocking this and that uh, aspect of it. And I I have to say, there were a few people who were... uh, Understanding of the position of uh, the conservative uh, part of the the, the show, uh, but mostly it was people frustrated of the uh, inaccuracies that were relayed, and I think I did try and call on some of those inaccuracies. Uh, some of them I don't know well enough, of course, to detail everything, but I, I, it did lead me to uh, think and reemphasize the fact that. This show and the previous episode is not about uh, trying to explain healthcare or convince people that think that way or the other that, you know, healthcare is good or bad or should work like this or that. I'm not going to start making this episode, uh, making this show into here is the definitive word on that issue that is common and very divisive for a couple of reasons. First of all, I'm not ashamed to say I don't have the expertise in, you know, 15 million topics that we're going to cover. Um, and and I can't, it's, you know, it's impossible to do that. Um, and there are many, many avenues and venues and outlets that will do this in a much better way uh, with the caveat that at that point you you jump into, well, this one is, is uh, liberal slanted, this one is conservative slanted, and it's impossible. What people think is the definitive word, is only going to be the definitive word for their political leanings or their opinion on that uh, specific matter. So I really don't think this show should become now we're going to explain why you're wrong, right? And this is inevitably what the conversation turns into if you try to uh, explain these things in a definitive, objective, quote-unquote, manner. And it's not to say that this shouldn't happen, um, of course, I think there are issues, and many of them, and healthcare is one of them, I think, where the the, the judgment should be pretty clear. Uh, it isn't, but it really should be, uh, unlike many other divisive topics. But there are other places, other people that would do that a lot better than I would. So I, I really want to focus the core of this show on listening to people's opinion. This is really what this show is about. When I ask someone what they think of uh, Donald Trump, of course, I'm going to say what I think as well, but the goal is not to convince them that they're wrong. The goal is to hear what they have to say to help me form my opinion on that topic that we're discussing uh, and it, it, the, I'm talking about Donald Trump because I think it's it, what happened with the previous episode was really interesting because it mirrors what happened with the Brexit conversation and mm-hmm. the uh, Donald Trump conversations where I felt after the fact, you know what, we were a little bit slanted to one side. And, you know, the fact that we're slanted doesn't really matter. We all are. But I felt like we didn't hear the opinion on the, of the other side. And we didn't understand it. Even more important than hearing it, we didn't understand it. So that's why, in the previous uh, uh, you know year, eighteen months, I've done episodes trying to give voice to that other side. And I think it's it was absolutely fair, and it did allow me and hopefully you, the listeners, to. Understand a little bit more of what was happening in those instances. And I really think uh, it provided that service in those cases. And the reason I'm saying it mirrors things uh, today is that in the case of the previous episode, we talked about healthcare in a way that I think uh, was a little bit slanted as well, but in, on the other side. I'm very much on the liberal side, but I think the overarching um, tone of the episode ended up being, uh, uh, on the side of the c- conservative view and the, the reasons why the, li- I was contesting, but I don't think we, we quite show, we show, uh, we didn't quite show why, uh, I think healthcare is important and works. Um, so, we're not going to explain it again um and we're not going to go into you know oh but the canadians actually don't go to the u.s for this or that and there's some you know high level healthcare that works well and if you want to get uh, care for specialized uh, uh procedures you can do that faster in the u.s or that's not what we're going to get into i think we're going to get into what. Our experience in Europe is of healthcare, so that maybe we dispel a few myths that uh, Americans and some others have about healthcare, uh, but that's not the goal. The goal is to tell the listeners what how we experience healthcare in the real world. That's the great uh, uh, aspect of this show, that we talk to real people, not journalists, politicians, you know, whatever. We We get the uh feeling from the ground so hopefully i mean that's i think actually a tall order we'll see wh- if we manage to do it um but i hope we at least manage to give uh listeners uh, a glimpse into how it works for us so all right that was a long introduction um <laughs> But I think it was necessary. And let's, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to approach it, but uh, we're going to try. And let's start with uh, giving the talking stick back to Bruce. And uh, can you tell us a little bit how, you know, you experience healthcare where you live with the good and the bad and, and, you know, all of it?
1: I think, um, I think before I go into it, I I just want to, say three three things i've noted while you're talking there one is i think it's very important not to uh fact check people hard and you know this is not a fact check and i'm not you know what, what what the guy said on the last podcast is not wrong it's their experience so i definitely agree with that um and that's the second thing is you know i i feel like they're not seeing the whole picture um you really need to have a look and experience how uh, life is uh, in different places to really, really understand what it's like. Um, and the third thing is just just a small note on what I do. I'm a I'm a statistician. I do numbers uh, and stats, and I'm not going to present them here. I'm not. I thought about bringing all sorts of numbers, but that's not the point here. you <laughs> um, free to
0: throw in one or two here <laughs> and
1: there. I, I could do. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I can give a few headline things, but I'm not an expert on delivery, and uh, <laughs> even within <laughs> even within my my uh, my team, my, um, my area I work in. There's debates within the experts of how to deliver healthcare, um, and the moral issues around where the money should go. Um, and and you know that's 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 a big question in itself. So um, <clears throat> I think what I'm gonna what I will speak about is the overall arching overarching figure of I think the Americans call it single payer, um, but it's what um, we in the UK have is, is the NHS, the National Health Service, which obviously was founded back in 1940 something, 48, I think it's the year my dad was born. So 48 or 47. So uh, and that was set up with the with the view that anyone who needs healthcare can get it. Um, it's, you know, and it'll be the best quality that is available to the system. And um, it is a basic human right for people to get health care. Now, that was a it's a very moral standpoint. And I think it's something that uh, people after the Second World War uh, felt was needed. Um, it's not a hippie liberal love thing. It's a basic fact to say, look, let's take care of each other. Uh, instead of the horrors of World War Two, when when a, a whole bunch of things uh, happened that I don't think I could even imagine and uh, I don't think many other people can, can even imagine uh, in the first world today at least. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to address the broader things and I guess sure. I'm going to start with my story Um I was born in Zimbabwe uh, to a British father and an Italian mother who'd basically immigrated out there. I was born in the late 70s and um, just just at the time of independence. And it's a lot of these things I'm realizing now, and I'm not meaning them as pejoratives when I say certain things, but but I, I realize I've changed since then. So I grew up in, into a very conservative society. Um it was very uh, strict in uh, I, like the schools I went to uh, were very much um, like uh, British boarding schools, except we, you know, I wasn't a boarder myself and we'd have uniforms and we'd have prefects and we had head boys who did this and that. And uh, you could, couldn't could walk on this lawn, you couldn't walk on that lawn. And there was a very strict structure in in. And who you spoke to and how you spoke to them. And, you know, there was no calling teachers by first name. It was Mr. Mr. Milne and Mr. That and Mrs. That and and all that. It was very, very much that.
0: That that I'm all in favor for. (laughs) (laughs) In favor of, I mean, calling teachers by their first name. I know they do that in, in liberal Scandinavia, which honestly, that's taking it too far. But anyway, um, sorry, please that, continue.
1: It's, it's an interesting thing because um, it, that carries on into the workplace uh, in Zimbabwe. Uh, I, I know – I was a young man of a, of the early twenties, as probably uh, well, I was a, in 1819 when I started working for my father, and I had 40, 50 year old guys calling me Mister Woodward, um, and I found that very strange. But um, and then I went from there to uh, working in a school in the UK, in, and uh, having people call me by my first name, you know, students call me by my first name. So it's a very strange uh, uh, dichotomy. But but Mister Bejar, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll call you that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I, I think it was very conservative. And and anyone who's listened to the podcast where we had Bongai on a few few, right. episodes, of, Zimbabwe special, a few Z- episodes, Zimbabwe back.
0: special. If you would listen back, go listen yeah. to that too.
1: Um, I if you don't mind me doing that, but um, I think one of the realizations I had there, and it's it's I've had it for a long time, is that I had a very, uh, I guess it was a, a sort of protected upbringing. And in that protected bubble, it was very easy for me to look outside and say, you know what, those people, um, they're just not working hard enough for what they have. Uh, Look at me. I go to school. I get good grades. um, Not really seeing that uh, I am having somebody pick up after me. I'm having somebody pick me up from school uh and drop me off every day i'm having a full meal in my belly every night uh in fact that's probably why you won't see me on video right now because bit... <laughs> <laughs> but um but you know i've uh, there's a lot of things that i realized only looking back that wow i've uh i was quite privileged and 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 i, I keep using that word and i don't want to use it in the i started calling them alt left uh sense of the word where people go overboard too far to the left but um what
0: do you mean um, by that? Uh, I think in, in, like I've left people going like, oh, check your privilege. And yeah, yeah. Too, okay. too,
1: you know, when you go to uh, I, I don't know if you if you've seen it, but there's people who go too far is sort of like, you know, let's all be humans. And I've one of the things I've learned is um, going to extremes is a bad thing. I think right. any extreme think is a bad agree. thing. Uh, you know, you if you find yourself hard line, um, uh, then you need to sort of have a look around you look back and that's why i've been so uh invested in the Phileas club i think it's mm-hmm. i think it's a great experiment it's a great experiment what you're doing it's a great piece of well thank oh, you mr j- woodward j- journalism <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know what you want to it's a journalism it is journalism isn't I, it? I guess what? maybe i
0: don't feel i've earned the right to call no. this journalism you know <laughs> it, i i don't have the 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 kind of uh Work ethics, I think, that would... Anyway, that's, a, that's another <laughs> that's conversation, a, that's a but... Conversation. Uh, okay. Right, so, um, so,
1: yeah. So, yeah, I grew up in that bubble, and then um, I th- I swore I'd never leave Zimbabwe, and uh, and I left um, in the early 2000s because uh, being... Uh, <clears throat> it was very strange. Being uh, the minority in the country went from... The reality suddenly hit once once the uh, political situation changed. And while there were a lot of atrocities, uh, there's a lot of sense in what happened uh, in Zimbabwe on the, on the ground in that uh, there were injustices done for years and years and years. And there were promises made uh, that weren't fulfilled. And me as a single white man went from being, yeah, you'll get a job anyway, you'll get paid, you'll get a lovely, you know, a lovely house, etc., to actually, uh, you're part of the minority now. Uh, we've recognized that and, um, we're going to give other people a chance before you. And at the time I I saw it as a, I don't want to get in too much into the politics there, but I saw it as very much, uh, an injustice against me. Um, Mm. I see it now as, as not really as being so much that I think it was, I think there were different ways I could have tackled it, but I was lucky enough to have a British passport. So I, I came to the UK and uh, started working. Me,
0: let me interrupt for just a second, yep, just ahead. to mention that this is interesting because it echoes a lot of what's happening in the U S uh, as well. Mm-hmm. I I hope people listening to this don't take it as, Oh, now they're lecturing us about inequality oh, no. and injustice in the U S oh, no, 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 right. That's not, th- th- this is just Bruce and we didn't rehearse this or talk about it nope. specifically before. Um, I uh, The way I understand it, this is Bruce telling you the, the, the his experience. So yeah. take it as you want. If you want to think that, oh, this is, you know, liberal BS or like, of course, he's going to think that because that's how what he went <laughs> through. You're free to do that, of course. But yeah. it's still, you know, the experience of a real person who um, went through something. So I think we yeah. should really take it as this. Uh, testimony of of someone's actual uh uh, life so sorry keep going
1: no no carry on i I don't mind and just on the on the back of that if anyone wants to chat to me or debate anything i'm quite happy to and we'll i'll give you my details afterwards you've got my twitter handle etc so i'm willing to be challenged just like you are and and i think it's healthy to be challenged and healthy to discuss so uh, i've come to where i am from doing that so um who knows, you know, could look, look back at a year and say, what the hell was I thinking? I was completely wrong. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. Right. So you moved to the UK. I moved to the UK and and that's where, that's where things started to change for me because I suddenly saw that um, I started working as a, as a a support assistant in schools, as a special needs teacher. And I'd always prescribed to this uh, belief that uh, the, the, the system in the UK was uh, too liberal, that, you know, all these people getting benefits and, you know, of the hard-working taxpayers' money, et cetera, et cetera, and and you know, it's not not fair, and you know, they should they should work for what they, you know, th- this is always the conservative view. In my head, I, mm. I know there's there's many other many other con- things that m- make a conservative. But mm. it was very which much, I
0: think uh, in in isolation makes complete sense, and I completely yeah. understand why people think yeah. that way. But um, it's the same well, in France, by the way. We have that yeah. sentiment as well, even. In very uh, left-leaning France, so it's yeah. not, you know, pointing fingers.
1: I think I think the, the 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 problem comes is when you suddenly see there are people who can't work for what they want, um, and it it's the elderly, it's people with disabilities, it's uh, it's people who have long-term illness, uh, things like that. That you start to realise, hold on a second, you know, life's not black and white. Um, there 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 are many different aspects to everyone's life um but still you know I, I was still in the i was still there and I, I would see some of the parents of these special needs kids and think wow you know the kids have got it bad but these parents should be doing better for them I, I don't know why i had that attitude but i sort of thought well it took a while for me to to sort of turn around and say i think it was until i had kids actually and then I realized how difficult the job is <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for me to suddenly turn around. And actually, I'll fast forward a few years because I think I went through – I wasn't very politically leaning in the 2000s. Sort of uh, – where were we? It was about 2001. I was just after 9-11 that I came to the U.K., and then it was until about 2009 when i met my current wife claire and we decided well let's let's try going back to zimbabwe to make a life there and um I'd always thought I'm going to go back there it's going to be wonderful you know um, I still hadn't seen the bubble I'd been living in mm. uh, and to, up to that point uh, even though I'd lived in the UK and I'd worked I'd worked my ass off I'd worked in London as a business analyst and uh, you know I'd bought a house and I was um, by all accounts doing well car and all that when you live in London owning a car is a, is a big thing so I wasn't you know, well off, but I was well off enough to be able to afford a trip to Zimbabwe every couple of years, uh, off my own back, etc. Which is, you know, f- a fair thing. Plus, pay for all the nice sky and computers and and all that. So anyway, uh, you must stop me if I'm rambling, Joe. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> Keep going. But so you um, go but, back uh, to yeah, Zimbabwe. We went, we went back to Zimbabwe. My wife and I, Claire, uh, we we went back, and uh, initially there was a lot of optimism. Um, and I'm not gonna. This isn't to go into Zimbabwean politics, but I think ultimately, after the after a couple of years, there, I realised. Hold on a second. Um, I actually had it pretty good in the UK. The, the biggest the biggest thing I had was access to the NHS, and it, it's it slowly took me time to realise it because if I had any kind of issue, I had to go to the doctor, and if I didn't have cash. You know that there was there were all sorts of issues, and it wasn't so much throwing throwing me out of the doctor's surgery because they knew me but um uh, there were it cost money every time you went to the doctor, and that to me was just foreign from being in the UK for 10 years, for almost 10 years, I sort of thought, well, you know, why am I paying to see a doctor? You, you know, I should, I didn't realize then that it was completely against what I'd been thinking, if, if you know what I mean. So, right, right. um,
0: so you uh, realized you had become kind of in favor of a, a, a yeah. institution like, the the national healthcare system. Yeah. It, what, but you didn't you hadn't realized before uh, uh, it was taken well, away what, kind of.
1: Well, yeah, and and the thing is also is that um I always I'm always into maths and stats and one of the things I started to look at was well, okay, I pay um, actually, I'm very anti-insurance as a whole. I think insurance is negative gambling. I think it's—I uh, don't know—people might very disagree with me, but I think insuring things uh, is 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 one of the biggest ways of money. But I'm very pro uh, national health insurance. So uh, it's 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 interesting because yeah, when that,
0: you, that's ha- that's strange that you're anti-insurance. So why why are you pro? Well,
1: well, the thing is when you look at private insurance at least the way it's presented in Zimbabwe there's a couple of there, there was all there's all sorts of compete com- competing issues uh, competing companies for insurance and and we looked into getting it for a while um, and one of the biggest things was you know you pay in for a year but you can't claim any services for that first year, etc. Or you can't claim certain services and uh, pre-existing conditions. We know that we know that term now, don't we? <laughs> um, and you know that sort of thing. If you have any pre-existing conditions, that included mental health issues, um, they wouldn't cover you for certain things. But yet, you'd still pay the same amount into the insurance. Um, and what it worked out to is, I would we we would be paying more to private insurance companies than we were to the national health uh, that we were paying collectively to the NHS here. So just very quick sums, you know, we suddenly saw, well, we're paying more money for private health in Zimbabwe than we were for the national health contributions we paid in the UK. And that's a
0: common, that's a common, I mean... I, I think even the people in the U.S. who don't hmm. like the single player s- payer player, <laughs> the single <laughs> payer system, uh, know and understand that you're going to be paying more to insurance companies than you are to um, a single payer, but at least you choose whether or not you want to, um, and, and still so. I'm. I'm. Keep going. I'll. I'll well, add well, other things. The,
1: the ultimate. The ultimate. The, sh- the upshot of it was that uh, we realized that we couldn't uh, afford to pay for insurance, um, right. medical insurance. So we thought, well, look, you know what? We won't pay for it, but we'll pay for individual things. So when we went to the doctor. Uh, we'd pay 50, 50 US dollars a shot. You know, every time the doctor saw us, etc. Yeah. And um, and then you know, it it it's it worked out to be cheaper for us to do it that way um and that was a choice we made in the in the situation we were in um but one thing we weren't prepared for was that when we decided we want to have children um we realized that in order to get covered to have that child um we would need to be insured for a whole year before we even got pregnant before we initially right. got pregnant i don't know if that works that way in america but, but i'm that's hoping not was. but <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's the way the insurance companies work they say you know if if you're looking to get pregnant uh, mm. they, they wanted us to be on their books for a year right so that we don't just pay start paying insurance just to get pregnant because um the cost for a for a normal pregnancy Straight out the box, no no problems whatsoever. That was a very unfortunate way of putting it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the it it worked out to five thousand US dollars. Now I was making about one and a half thousand a month. Mm. Uh, um in zimbabwe so five thousand us dollars that's a significant just just for a normal pregnancy and no complications that's assuming there's no complications i think it was one or two nights in the hospital at the most maybe just one Mm. um and we thought wow okay my personal situation uh, and 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 i'm just i'm filtering it out just for my personal situation with healthcare now i'll I'll expand in a bit Mm. but my personal situation was like okay well, maybe we should have taken insurance two years ago, uh, but we haven't, and now we're in a situation where w- w- you know, Claire got pregnant, and we thought, wow, um, we have either have to scrape this money together or um, look into our choices, uh, and and, then and then, if, if, so, yeah, go.
0: It's, you know I think this illustrates one of the issues with not having compulsory insurance for everyone and that's something i tried to say in the previous episode you don't know what's going to happen to you yeah. and you make choices it's it's really making choices that are not good for you and the argument is for some people well then if you're an idiot you have a right to be an idiot but really it's not yeah. that simple i mean yeah. it's it's you're playing with people's health here and yeah, exactly and and some people said, "You know, ah, oh, but of course you're going to get uh, you're going to get the care you need. They can't throw you out the oh. <laughs> the hospital. First of all, they'll treat for the immediate issue. And we've gotten a couple of very poignant uh, uh, replies and comments on this. They'll treat you for the immediate thing. They'll get you out the door." But then you 're not going to get the actual long term treatment you need, and on top of that it 's a hit for the hospital is one of the things that people kept saying and yeah. it 's a hit for the hospital. Where do you think the money comes from afterwards they 're yep. going to make other patients pay more you know to compensate for that so it 's mm-hmm. i mean yeah it 's not mm-hmm. <laughs> it 's not a good system but so uh, I, can, yeah, can you I, I, finish I, I, but, but let 's get back to how it works in the in the uk and it, you're well, in europe well, afterwards which you're well, comparing think, but
1: well what, what i'll go back to just the way i think zimbabwe is a little little probably a little uh harsher than it would be in the us i think there's more backup systems in the us mm. uh, but in zimbabwe it is literally if you cannot pay uh, for for the private health you go into the public health system which uh, as you can imagine, in is not that great. It hasn't yeah. been that well supported, and um, and can be an issue. Uh, so, so, and I do so- want
0: to talk about how the public system works in Europe, at least my experience in France, because I want to dispel a few. Uh, misunderstandings or wrong ideas,
1: but okay. we'll get into we, that. We, we can definitely go into that. Um, so yeah, that, that was my experience. And and I know people listening are going to say, like you say, oh, well, you know, should have planned ahead and should have made this and should have done or, that. Or hey, this is Zimbabwe. And, and... Yeah, yeah, you know, and but I think it, it illustrates to me the, the health, the the, the the paying of the, um, having to get health insurance. It's like you said in, in the... Um, and the last one, when you talked about car insurance, people are forced to pay car insurance uh, because it might affect someone else. And this is the issue: was is that we decided we got pregnant. Now it's not that child's fault that um, me as a parent decided not to get health insurance. It's not that child's fault. It's not my son's fault that I'm an idiot. Um, but it's them who are going to suffer the consequences. If something goes wrong in the pregnancy, more, most likely, you know, that child's the one who's going gonna, to gonna have, gonna have the issues. And I've seen, I've seen it in Zimbabwe where somebody is in a car crash or somebody has a health issue that's nothing to do with their life choices. You might argue any number of things are, are to do with their life choices. But they're then in a situation where they desperately need health care. They desperately need to go to hospital and they don't. And they end up either dying, which happens, you know, it was mentioned that people aren't just left to die. But somebody who is old, maybe 60, 70, sitting in their home thinking, oh, I've got a bit of a pain in my chest there. I'm not going to go to the I'm not going to go to the doctor or the hospital because I I don't want to have to pay all the money. So he's just going to sit there in his chair and 24 hours later, somebody will come by and, and realize, you know, the poor guy's died of a heart attack, mm. which could... Either
0: that prevent- or, you know, long-term illnesses or something, you should oh, get yeah. treated, you don't or... I, I mean, yep. it really feels like we're being... I think some people are going to hear this and and hear, well, they're being overdramatic. We're really That's, not. We're okay. really not. Um, yeah. And I I don't think I can convince anyone. All we can do is say... This is the experience we have. Yeah. And and to get back to that, I think some people will think, well, you know, it, it's too... Exp- I think the two mis, uh, uh, misunderstandings or false ideas is it's too expensive and mm-hmm. it doesn't
1: work. Okay. Um, well, that... Yeah. The- the two things I'd say that if we come to the so we come back to the UK, Claire and I decided one of the one of the reasons was because of the NHS. And we thought, you know what, there's a good system here and it works. And we're both you uh, UK citizens, so we're eligible for it, etc. And it does work and it is affordable. Um, it's just.
0: It, it, I, I just want to mention it is um, affordable for the country. Yes, for everyone, of course, but for the country, healthcare yeah. is less expensive when you have a single payer system, and yep. you 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 know the numbers. So I'm sure you you can attest <laughs> to that. But, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's uh, obvious. It, it is. It just it, is. It is
1: it, any way you look you will find the numbers on the internet uh, it is cheaper to have a single payer system where everyone contributes it's not about it's not about insurance companies we don't uh, this is something that was missed i think in your last episode is uh, there was like oh, and you, one of your uh, guests was saying well you know uh, insurance companies uh, pull out and there's a disaster well there shouldn't be insurance companies involved it's not up to uh, an insurance company to be uh, giving someone care or money for care. It should be all under the, a national health service that's managed. So the money goes directly to the health service and, and then they use it as and when they see fit. Now, there are many – there could be many, many things you could pill – Pick apart. And, and I living in Scotland. I'm quite lucky because our national health system is actually doing quite well compared to in in England. Um, they're having shortages there, and dare I say it, uh, Brexit has caused a lot of issues with uh, with staffing. Um, it's also causing issues with staffing in the care sector. Yeah, don't don't get me started on that. I'll stop. I'll go with that. Um, but but um, it is affordable uh, and. I I had the I had the figures here, but they're not here uh, for, for the actual uh, health care. I don't know if you if you're interested in knowing the different,
0: uh Sure, you can give us a couple of figures just to illustrate. Uh, but uh,
1: uh, I I actually I've lost well, the document, Patrick. But carry on.
0: Yeah. So uh, the the fact that it it works from a financial standpoint, I think, is difficult to dispute with any kind of seriousness. Um, yeah. And and we did make that point. Um, in the last episode, I think something that was, uh, mentioned a few times was in different forms was, but it doesn't work. You know, there's this big fiction that you don't actually get good healthcare in these kinds of systems, you know, with the idea Mm -hmm. that, uh, it's very slow and people from, you know, Canada come down to the U S to get healthcare, which, No, it's not really that, you know, a few people might do it for specific procedures, or if they have a lot of money, they'll get in front of the line for some things. But overall, it's a mischaracterization to say Canadians want to get their healthcare in the U.S. I mean, there are probably a few instances of specific cases that you can throw at us. But if we talk about Europe, and if I talk about France... Mm -hmm. I think we need to understand what we say when we say it works. Um, Are you going to get the best possible healthcare in the world for everyone in the country? No, absolutely not. That is, of course, not the case. So, you know, if if you want the best healthcare in the world, you might... I'm guessing you will probably stay in France anyway, but you might want to go to a private clinic, which... You're allowed to do. You know, you can, yep. you can do that. That they, they, you have private clinics, and you can um, go there and get that kind of treatment. It it's, it doesn't prevent you. They don't disappear because you have a um, national health system. Um, what will happen, however, is that if you need something done, it will get done um, in in the quote unquote important care so there are things that aren't uh, uh covered by the regular national health care uh dental work is usually very poorly covered um, yeah. eyes work is very poorly covered you'll get like i don't know 30 euros for a pair of, of glasses that will cost you two and two and a half hundred so that of course, is a, a concern for some people. Um, dental work, as I said, if you need anything other than a cavity filled, it's going to cost you money. Um, so I don't think anyone is pretending that the, the health system in Europe is paradisiac, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not this magical thing where everything gets treated. However, if you have an illness or something you need to get looked at, uh, you go to the doctor. We have private practitioners here uh, in France. So, you go to a private practitioner. Um, you get it looked at. If you have, uh, you need to see a, uh, a specialist. Um, they will refer you. You know, they'll tell you you need to go see a specialist, and you'll take another appointment with a specialist. That's all private. So you will get those relatively quickly. Um, and we have conventions. So the prices are set to what the uh, national health system, the social mm-hmm. security, will reimburse. So for yeah. it, they will pay you, I don't know, 20 euros for a generalist and the journalist the might charge you a little bit more. You'll get reimbursed of the 20 euros or it will be paid directly and you'll pay the, the, the rest if you choose to go to a doctor that is uh, more expensive, but you can mm-hmm. very easily find a doctor that isn't. And maybe, okay, I'll take the, you know, uh, uh, angry route. Maybe they're not the best doctor in the world, but they're still a doctor and they're most likely going to find out what's wrong with you. Um, And then you go to a a, a hospital if you have a specific procedure you need to get uh, done. And if it's not super urgent, then yes, maybe you're going to have to live with some discomfort for a few weeks or a few months until, you know, they can fit you in. That's true. Is the hospital going to be the the most high-tech, wonderful place you've ever seen? Some of them might be good. Some of them might be a little bit depressing, but they will treat you and they will treat you well that is i think something that is uh uh, you know misunderstood Mm -hmm. they will treat you very well you will get your issue resolved and if they don't find what's wrong with you they'll run the tests and they'll run as many tests as they need to until they find what's happening if you wish to you know continue the thing um if you want to be reimbursed more if you want to get extra um uh, uh you know insurance you can get what's called a uh mutual which is basically like an insurance company but heavily heavily regulated and you will pay uh for that mutual uh I don't know, a few, anything from five to a few dozen euros, and it will cover more of what you get. They will get into dental, they will get into providing you, for example, for paying for a TV if you need to stay in a hospital, or, you know, these kinds of things. Uh, play, paying for a private room if you need to stay in a hospital. The the less essential things that you can get extra insurance for, but they're incredibly uh, heavily regulated. So... They have specific uh, rules, prices, uh, types of things they can or cannot do. So you have that dual system in France. And as someone who's had to take advantage of it a few times, uh, in some cases, in some dire circumstances, uh, it, you would think that the price of those procedures would make the system unsustainable um and that it would make the the prices explode and certainly there are some questions about how balanced the budget is but it's not like it's impo- you know it's not like we're paying for everyone to go to the moon every year right it is mm-hmm. possible to put together if you arrange a few things here and there um and you would think with all the things i had done to me um i would it would make it not possible for the system to work but it really does in that way it's not perfect but if you're sick you just go to the doctor and like you said bruce mm-hmm. you don't have to worry oh my god you know i'm going to i, I don't have enough money this month to go mm-hmm. to the doctor i'll go next month or yeah these kinds of things um so, I don't know if I'm painting a, a good enough picture of the French system, but uh, can you get back to, you were saying you sort of changed your mind about it, and you're, well, so you think it works uh, I, in the I, UK too?
1: It, it does. I mean, the, the UK system is, uh, I was actually looking, just comparing, uh, France has got a higher rate of private insurance um, schemes than, than the UK. In fact, it's one of the highest in One of the highest in uh, in Europe, uh, from what I could see. Yeah, but um, because
0: of that dual system, the private insurance uh, are are very. Every almost everyone has that thing, but as I said, it's a few dozen euros or so uh, per person, and it is incredibly regulated. They don't do what they want at all. Um, yeah. Just to emphasise this again. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the the doctors over here are pretty much um, they have a contract with the NHS, the GPs and and everything. Uh, I don't I don't know the finance side of the NHS side, but I know it's it's mostly paid. By government financed expenditure, uh, I think in the in the in France is more of a compulsory insurance which be more along the lines of the uh, uh, single payer system but ultimately I think it works out to the same thing whether it 's a compulsory insurance or the national health i pay I pay money into um, national insurance every month anyway it's it's part it's a sort of a compulsory tax it's an extra tax so it's the same thing yeah. we do that um, on
0: our our salaries basically yeah, you get a yeah. significant amount i can't remember how much but it's i don't know maybe 10 20 percent mm-hmm. of your salary goes away in um and your salary and your employer also has to pay so yeah. I, I'm, I don't time? think anyone's saying it's cheap
1: um, no, no. Oh, it's not. But if you if you if you start looking at uh at the actual figures and the, the there's a I'll I'll give you the links so you can you can um, put it on the show notes. But uh, there's a very good uh, visual here of how the current healthcare expenditure is as a percentage of GDP for the G7 countries as a whole, and you see that the USA spends a lot a lot more money on um on healthcare
0: can you give the us rest, a, well, the figure
1: well in the usa alone it's it's almost it's 16 i'm just looking at the graph i don't have the actual numbers but it's just over 16% of healthcare expenditure uh, of gdp of gdp whereas in the uk it's below 10% in france it's just under 11 and in fact when you look at government compulsory expenditure the governments in the usa are paying Along the same amount of lines as uh, as the European countries per person, the the deficit is made up by private and voluntary expenditure. So the people who are paying for it is not the government. The government's not paying extra in the USA. It's the actual people getting the getting the services. When you start to really drill down into it, it's not. And this this is the issue, and I think a lot of people think, well, if we're all paying into it, then we're paying for people who don't want it. Well, this is what's happening with insurance. Insurance is exactly the same thing, except the insurance companies are betting. They're using you as a, as a I, racehorse. I it, but, <laughs> as, yeah, as a racehorse. Yeah, you are a racehorse. They're, they're, they're betting that you are not going to fall over and need money. But in order to do that, they need to put the odds in their own favor. So they will work the odds to say, "Right, you have to pay this amount of money so that we make money out of you in the long run, so the system is inherently and this is why i 'm anti insurance as a as a um, as a commercial enterprise because the system is inherently pushed against you it 's inherently saying. Uh, we're betting against you, and we they have the force of uh my father wanted me to go into actuary when I first uh, came out of school uh, actua actu- actuarial work and I'm sure somebody will 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 probably um Get me to uh, clear clear this up on me, but basically, it's it's somebody who looks at statistics and looks at numbers, and then tells uh, the insurance companies what the odds are. It's I'm very this is a very simplistic view. It tells okay. insurance what the what the odds are and says, right, okay, uh, this is what you should set your prices at if you want to get a profit out of yeah. this. So, so
0: in, in, on the NHS, there is no private entity that is involved.
1: Um, well, you can, you can, uh, get private healthcare, but you have to pay for it. And, um, I was lucky enough when I lived in London and I think it's a reason why the penny didn't drop for me too much. Then was I was on Bupa, which is a private health insurance. And does that
0: come on top of the NHS or is it, does it replace it?
1: It's on top of it. My, the company I worked for paid for it and I, uh, I would get, um, things like physio, paid for um mm. you know i had problems with my back i still do but um they they would uh it was all paid for i'd go to a f- private physio i'd get the appointment straight away and um and you know there, there was it, it was wonderful you know it's great to have that but it was all paid for and, and it was a, it was an extra monthly thing it was one of my job perks but once i couldn't pay for it uh, i'm not missing it not like I missed the NHS when I left the country. Right. If you know what I mean? Um, so,
0: so, uh, so how does the NHS work? Do you go to a private uh, GP no, and, well, or do you go to a hospital? Do you have to wait for three weeks before you get into uh, a well, doctor's office? Or? Uh,
1: no. At the moment, um, it's probably about – if you need to see a GP, if it's not urgent, you can see them within the week. Uh, and that's a normal doctor. Uh, now, each each area – the NHS splits the United Kingdom into different um oh geez, the word's gone out my head at the moment um sectors. into different into different areas yeah uh healthcare uh, health uh, uh I've completely forgotten the word but like where I am now I'm up in Scotland there's um I'm a, I'm in a partnership who are part of the wider health and so, wider NHS um, uh, hold on. I'm going to look up the word while I'm here because mm-hmm. this is a problem with. Uh... So do you go?
0: Do you go to a doctor's like private office? Because here in France, they have like offices in regular apartments. They're not uh, gathered together in clinics in um, or hospitals. You can go like they have an apartment. They have a cabinet, which is uh, uh, I don't know an office, and uh, they, okay. they they they. You go into a private building, go to the third floor, ring a bell and uh, someone comes open the door and you get into it and they have like their equipment, of course. But so it's completely, completely, quote unquote, private. And they often get together four or five or six people to get an apartment and furnish it for that kind of uh, thing. But yeah, that's how it works. You don't necessarily need to go to the... from the for for that, the basic stuff, of course, but uh,
1: for, for the way the the NHS is, is the way the health primary is set up here is that the doctors are uh, set up in health centres mostly. They will have yeah. uh, purpose built buildings. Um, sometimes they're in they'll be in situations like that, but they are uh, there will be places that are funded by the NHS. From what I understand, now this could change within different health boards, um, and uh, so I am I am a. Assigned to a certain uh, GP when I move into an area. So by my okay. postcode, I'm assigned. So I need to phone that GP when I need something. I don't know how different that is, but there's a so how company.
0: that person specifically. You can't f- open the phone book, find a doctor, and go to see them, which is what we can do in France.
1: Well, I I would assume I would possibly.
0: But you need I, to pay them. The NHS no, is not going to pay for it.
1: if, if I'm on holiday. And this has happened okay. before. Uh, before I actually moved up to Scotland, uh, when I when, when when I came to visit, I needed to see a GP, and they will see you, and it'll be free of charge. But they will um, they will have to get your records from down in in mm. England where I was, etc. Okay. And that's, there's all sorts of data protection issues there. So yes, it is possible. I mean, I could.
0: So why are you assigned one GP then? Is it just
1: oh, that, it's for ease of
0: administrative well, stuff it's not it's can not you the, change if you don't like that person can you request a change it's,
1: it's not the gp i'm assigned to sorry it's not the gp i'm assigned to a practice to the practice okay. as a whole so in that practice like where i am there's uh, about seven or eight gps and i can request to see a certain one but that may mean it takes a bit longer to be seen by a doctor mm. Or I can just see whoever's available. Um, I also have a system of, uh, they call it uh, out of hours, where you can phone out of hours, and there'll be a, a doctor on call who will... Uh, give you advice or there'll be a nurse who can give you advice we've used that before with my with my son where he's had a certain reaction they'll say okay do this and this if you don't you need to take him to A&E which is uh, accident and emergency or you know you take him to the hospital Um, and that's the other thing so we have these GP practices that are scattered around uh, the countryside and then there's there there will be uh, a main hospital which will be used almost as a center and that hospital is then that's where we went to, you know, they've got a maternity ward there. They've got a children's ward. They've got a mental health ward. They've got, uh, different hospitals that have different things for certain things. We have to go through to Aberdeen, which is a two hour drive away. Um, and, <coughs> and, you know, that, that's, that, that was for the Royal, that's the children, children's hospital specifically, uh, you know, if there's long-term issues and, and that sort of thing. So not all hospitals will have everything, um, but most will have the basics you need there, and then they are they sort of uh, they're referred to by the GPS um,
0: mm. so not- let's say let's say you get you know a pain in your chest and you go mm-hmm. to your GP he runs a few tests uh, he sends you to a specialist maybe for mm-hmm. so for us the GP uh, will refer you to a specialist as I said, mm-hmm. and the specialist you can take an appointment in the in a hospital but you can also go see a private person that will and it will be reimbursed and that private person will also be working in a cabinet and they will uh you know receive you in a regular building in paris so it's not like uh hospital type centers uh and if you need a procedure or long-term something they can refer you to a hospital you will go there in the uk if you need you have a pain in your chest and you go see your gp he says okay you need you know a procedure done or long-term uh, mm-hmm. uh treatment like medical treatment um mm-hmm. do they okay. refer you to a hospital
1: or do oh, you it, it, i think it would entirely depend on the um on the, the the nature of what you've got if you've got uh, I've had a personal experience where I've gone in and my son had an issue and the GP then, he saw us right away. Uh, we went in, uh, it was sort of, uh, it was almost after hours and the GP saw us and said, okay, right, he's not happy with what he's seeing. He referred us immediately to the, to the hospital. Um, so we then had, you know, we then drove my son to the hospital, which is about the 15- two hours away. Oh, no, no, this was the smaller hospital, the, the, it's not a small hospital, it's the hospital we have in our area, um, and they then saw him there, and uh, it was only later on that, that he needed to be moved to the bigger hospital, mm. uh, where they've got the specialist care, and that, that was, a, it was a specialist unit for, for, for what he had, and it was a very uh, unusual circumstance, so that was, he was taken there by ambulance, um, so, you know, it was... These
0: how of, did you pay for this did you pay didn't, for it
1: didn't pay anything at all right nothing okay. at all and in fact um we had to stay a couple of nights in aberdeen which is about two hours drive from here and uh, i was fully prepared to pay for a hotel for us to stay overnight there while he was in hospital and there was a charity that actually paid for rooms mm-hmm. within the children's hospital for us to stay in um, so
0: privately funded. It
1: was privately funded yeah. charity, but one of us was allowed to stay in in the hospital room with my son. Mm. So we didn't pay a thing for this. the 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 ambulance ride, we didn't pay anything for. The nothing, nothing at all, because right. um, it's all covered um, under, the N- uh, under the NHS Grampian, which is the the health board that covers our area. Um, you know.
0: Uh, So I had, uh, you know, experiences with hospitals recently. My dad was Mm -hmm. very ill over the past year. um, And for those who don't know, he passed away a few months ago. Um, And so he was in and out of hospitals for very serious conditions um, Mm -hmm. over the past, especially uh, the the last six to three months of, of his life. And we... We would go there to the hospital, get into the room. He would get a private room. It was a really great hospital. Um, and we would pay for internet. Um, mm-hmm. I think TV might have been included, or we would okay. pay for that as well. Uh, so yeah. it came to, you know, a few dozen euros a, a week. Yeah. Um but also, if we needed uh, an ambulance, they would it would be paid for, it, yep. uh, you know. And he would come from very far away. Uh, yeah. We didn't take advantage of it because you know he wanted to yeah. drive and he wanted <laughs> to be driven. Um, but we could have. And again, this was and this is, you know, I'm always hesitant to. I know people think there is there are these dingy, horrible hospitals with people who don't care about you. And and I did mention sometimes they might not be incredibly beautiful hospitals. And it's true. I'm sure there are some which have, you know, some people that have less than optimal experiences. But for us, the oh. hospital was amazing. And the people yeah. were so caring. And the the, the um, you know, the care was world-class. It was... It,
1: it, it. I I can only mirror that, Patrick. I think the the nurses and the doctors that I've dealt with uh, within the NHS have all been absolutely fantastic. You know that they, they are they are people who are doing. If I believed in God, I would say it's God's work. But you know it's 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 they're they're doing work that is that is just completely. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and the facilities and, also. You know, it, it, we're not we're not. I live up in the Sticks in Scotland, up up in the mm. rural areas, and we've got equipment up here. We can sure it's a two-hour drive to get to Aberdeen for the specialist children's hospital, but but you know we've got everything we need up here. Uh, we, we there's only very few procedures that can't be taken up can't be done uh, in in the hospitals that are nearby, and this is all funded for by the government. This is all funded for by our tax money essentially because that's what our national insurance payment is it's a slight increase in tax um and you know to to just put
0: another uh, element to this because i really want to make sure people listening understand this um when so we would see a specialist i think by the end it was you know a few times a month and we would drive all the way to paris my parents lived far away and um we would see a, spe- a specialist and we would get to the hospital and it wasn't fun and we would wait sometimes in the waiting room a couple of hours because that it was a cancer uh you know cancer uh oncologist mm-hmm. um and they would, it would, it would be late. You know, we had an appointment for, I'm really trying to paint a picture of what it actually is. Um, yeah. so you would, you, we would have an appointment for 2 PM and we wouldn't get in, you know, we wouldn't see her until 3:30 or something like that. So it wasn't fun. Cancer patient waiting in the waiting room with mm. sometimes a, a couple of other people. And, but the, the waiting room wasn't, ugly it was not you know (laughs) it was kind of enjoyable but of course it's not a fun experience and i don't think hospitals aren't fun but it was so she was really and it wasn't just that doctor all of the doctors were so caring when my dad ended up passing away i sent her main oncologist uh, his main oncologist i sent her a, a, a thank you note for how patient and understanding and all of it she she was and everyone at the hospital you know we have an image of hospitals with you know the the overweight nurse that will throw stuff on your table and like be like oh you do this and doctors <laughs> that don't take the time to listen to you the doctors would take time out of their rounds you know yeah. to come Sit down, listen to my dad when you know two years ago, when he was it wasn't as critical, listen to him, hear what his problems were, like actually sit down and listen just if they knew there wasn't a lot they could do or like just listen to him, and they were like interns, uh like actual doctors who would do that, and I, I really the reason I'm talking about this is that I want to um emphasize. The, the quality of the care we're getting, because I've said a number of times, yeah, you know, it might not be the best, it might. And it, it's not necessarily always the best, but it's also, there is high quality care yeah. as well, and overall, so I really want to make that clear.
1: You you might not have, be having the Rolls Royce service for every single person, but you're mm. at least you're getting a taxi for everyone. And this is what this is kind right. of how I say it to everyone. It, it, it's, you know, you're not having somebody being picked up by a limo every day, but you're getting them picked up at least and you're getting them mm. on their feet. And at least the guy who's driving the car is a friendly guy and it's a clean car. And, it, you know, if I was to take an analogy, I think that would be one right. that i would use and i think people who pay for insurance for, for the impression i've gotten i haven't got any experience with the american system but i think there's an expectation there that the more you pay the better it is uh you know the and that's insurance uh as well as anything and my experience at least in zimbabwe is that's not the case and this is something else i wanted to go and say is that when you're paying for insurance for things it's very easy, and I have seen it. I've seen it done, and I'm sure I'd like to hear if this is experience of people in America, but uh, where people have um, been told by an insurance company, sorry, you're not covered for that condition. Even well, I think though that's been,
0: a pre- pretty common knowledge. Yeah, 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 it does
1: you, happen. You've, you've paid in all this money your whole life, but actually we're not going to cover you for that. And and they'll leave you to have to pay for it. Now that doesn't happen under the NHS. What you might have, what you might have, is slightly longer waiting times for certain things. Um, you know, there's a there's a big target in the UK that that A uh, and E at the moment is the big one where people are uh, uh, being have to be seen within four hours. Uh, mm. when – when they get to the A&E service and uh, Scotland's doing better than England and that and some health boards are doing better than others and some could be managed better than others, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know, when we're talking about figures in the nineties, uh, that's nine out of 10 people are seen within four hours. And in fact, my experience, wherever I've been is I'm seen within 10, 15 minutes when I'm in, when I go to an A&E department and they are clean and well-kept areas. Um, so I can only and and I I hate to make this sound like an echo chamber, but I can only back up what you're saying in your experience in France is that the doctors, the nurses, have always been good. the The equipment's good, and in fact, uh, I will link you this um, this 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 website and and just because qu- it gives some good high level figures. It's it's on, from the Scott uh, not Scott God, it's the main um, statistical uh, information. You can get it from the government and. If you have a look at life expectancy in the USA um, per, and you map that against health spending per capita, you can see in America that people are live I think just under 79 years as a health expectancy, and they spend six thousand pounds per capita, six thousand pounds per capita uh, in the USA, and they live the life expectancy is 79. Whereas in the UK, we're just under three thousand. And it will, life expectancy is 82%, just under 82 To say 81 to be to be fixed. So, you know, yes. that to me gives an indication that, hold on, you know, somewhere, if you look at this graph, the American system, there's something going on there. It's a massive outlier. It's way out. It's lower than the ones, you know, you've got ones that are life expectancy is almost up to 84. And the most they'll pay is up to 5,000 pounds per capita whereas the usa is well over six that's not well over six thousand actually it is sorry the lines of it but it's yeah. well over six thousand and they're under 80 um yeah. so you know that there's something going on there in america there's something there where and the the, the money for me is not going towards making people better yeah. that's what i see when i look at the numbers this is i you can you can come and talk to me and i will talk about the failures in in n h s that need to be addressed i, I think there's also... Can, can we talk
0: about this for just a second just for the sake of uh <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> i i i think um there are there's too much politics involved that's the that's the opposite end of uh of it being a government mm. you know, in that,
0: what in what sense
1: um, the government for me, and this is my statistical side of it is they will focus on a certain number of measures. Uh, they will sort of say, um, like a big one we've got at the moment, they call it, uh, bed blocking It's delayed discharges. It's when people are in hospital. Um, and this is where I work in health and social care. They're in hospital, they finish their treatment, they're due to be discharged. And, um, they then have, you know, that they, they, they need a care plan to take them home so that they can live at home, so they need a carer twice a day to do this and that. Um, and that's all That's all done by the social work side of it. Uh, and sometimes there's a, there's a tension there between health and social care in that. Um, health might say somebody's discharged when they shouldn't be and so, uh, is ready for discharge. And there's all kinds of political things around that. But what the government will do is they will look at one figure. So they will say, for the month you've had Fourteen people who were over two weeks delayed discharge. You know what's going mm-hmm. on here? This is terrible. They will focus on that, whereas they could have some some other area that's been completely ignored that really needs to be looked at. Like from from my f- from my perspective, it it would be uh, things like uh, preventative care and things like that. You know, yeah. and that's another thing that you you touched on when you were talking to um, to the guys is that a lot of the benefits we get is from preventative spending um a lot of the things from from uh, we get are from. Sorry, I've gone back into benefits again. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, so yeah. So that that'll be it. And then we get government funding cuts. Uh, they'll cut. They'll cut certain areas. They'll move money around, etc. But then there's also. And I don't want to go into it too much. But like I said, internal politics between how doctors, GPs, see the uh, uh, see the see the hospitals, and uh, we have big mm-hmm. problems with data sharing uh, between the different systems. Right. Uh, we, we, you, know, it, I, I, you may have to explain your problem to seven or eight different people along the way because they're not allowed to share data between them. Um, and then there's also waiting times are another thing. Uh, I think I don't have the figures on American waiting times. I wouldn't know what they're like, but uh, we have issues here with some of our practices because of the way they are and the population and, and the, the pressures they have. Uh, you may have to wait a couple of weeks to see a doctor if your, um, if your query isn't urgent, you know, if something isn't urgent. But then in saying that, you can go to A&E and one of the issues that that's happened is, is that too many people have gone to A&E for things they shouldn't do because there's the doctors. Anyway, there can be pressures on the system. Um, when, when people see it as a free service, they will then take advantage of it too much and that puts pressure on it. That doesn't need to be there. So there's an educating that needs to happen. Mm. And I think that's happening. Um, and it's well, not I perfect. Would say uh, I'm,
0: yeah. yeah, I would say I'm sure maybe it's happening. Let's say it isn't, you know? Okay. It's still a better overall system yep. than yep. what we see in in countries that don't have single-payer. Yep. And I think a lot of the arguments against uh, single-payer end up put, creating a system that is worse for everyone. Unless, yeah. you know, I don't know if you have lots of money anyway. It's not, there is this fiction. That, you know, if you have lots of money, you're not going to care. You're going to get the healthcare you need no matter what. Yeah. And maybe you're either, even <laughs> going to go to professional doctors anyway, and you're not, you know, not professional, I mean like private doctors anyway, mm-hmm. and you're not going to care about the single payer. I don't, in, in France, I don't think it's very much the case. I think no. the, the large majority of people go to, uh, everyone goes to the regular mm-hmm. systems. Maybe you're going to yep. choose a doctor differently, but... Ultimately, if you have something that's really serious, you're going to go to the hospital um, unless you're like, I don't know, a billionaire or something. But yeah. there's this idea that if you're struggling or if you're a medium income family, then the, the, having a single payer system is going to 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 make your life more difficult because you're going to pay for stuff that you don't need. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain it or I don't think we should... repeat it even again but (laughs) that's just not true you're gonna yes you might not need it for three years but then out of the blue you're gonna need it and if you don't have it you're effed um and I. okay we shouldn't make this into convincing uh, (laughs) again
1: but I, uh, i think it's it's just a it's just a question of what i would say to people is experience it um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and one of the things you brought up in the last thing, and, and I was, sh- I was shouting down my, in the car while I was <laughs> listening to it, was like, cause c- it's not a question of, you, c- it can't just be a half-assed thing. And, and it sounds like this is right. what Obamacare is. I could be wrong, but it needs to be everyone, everyone involved. And it's not socialism. It's not communism we're not you know we're not people here who are bleeding heart liberals i think well i might be <laughs> <laughs> apparently you're not well i don't know i might be i think i'm going i'm going more and more left as i uh-huh. get old i don't know i'm one of the one of the strange people uh i'm starting to believe in universal income now so uh, <laughs> <you> know, that's- <laughs> um, but that's a different story altogether. yeah it
0: is an interesting idea i i, uh-huh. I will get you give you uh-huh. that
1: but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know what more to say. It works, Patrick. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's kind of what it is. It, it
1: works. It works. It works. It works for the people who need it. And yes, there are always going to be problems. But if even if you just look at the simple figures, people live longer in the UK, and we pay less. We pay less out of our pockets. The government pays less mm-hmm. overall.
0: So per person if we can we're getting close to the the end of it mm-hmm. um if we can go into um just for a few minutes you did mention a few times that you have changed your views on some of the things and part of it was because of your experiences with national uh healthcare mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more how what it was like to you know realize that what you thought, and I think that applies not just to uh, liberals or, or conservatives or you know healthcare or anything. I really want to hear about mm. that experience for you of realizing that you thought something and that you had changed your mind about it, about mm-hmm. something that was core to your identity, because I think that's something that is really important for us politically in the world today.
1: I think for me, it's about... Um taking in and uh, seeing what's out there and seeing what the evidence is. Um, it's difficult. It's one of the hardest things in the world, I think, to look at yourself and realize, hold on, <laughs> what I'm thinking here is wrong. Um, what I'm thinking here is not the right way. It's not what, what is not what should be. Um, and I can understand why people don't like it. It's, it's interesting that any, any company you ever go to, uh, anytime they get a new senior manager, they'll go through a series of how to understand change. Um, and they'll tell you about the mouse that stole my cheese. I don't know if you've heard it. I don't remember
0: exactly what it is, but I've heard that story a few
1: times. I've seen it so many times uh, that, you know, they bring that out and change is difficult. Um, But I think in the world, especially as it is right now, we need to be open. And for me, that's always been my issue. And doubting myself can be, it's a double-edged sword. You know, sometimes you look at yourself and think, right, Maybe I'm not right here, but sometimes, sometimes you're not. Um, mm. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's kind of a.
0: No, I think you've you've uh, expressed it. But uh, keep going. Oh.
1: I think I think the thing for me the the turning point is is um, for me in my life was was going back to Zimbabwe it was also starting mm-hmm. to and I, I'm gonna plug another podcast here, Patrick, but it's it, I think there's 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 two podcast two 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 things in my life that have helped me, and one is listening to, and I mentioned it in the email to you as a skeptics guide to Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's suddenly seeing these people who were trying to be as it's almost the opposite of what you're doing, apolitical as possible. What they will do is they will say, "What is the evidence? What are the facts, right? What does the science tell us, and you know how how you know what does that mean for us as humans, etc., cetera, etc.?" Cetera. Uh, and I I used to I used to believe in ghosts until I I <laughs> ran a ghost, I got, ran a ghost hunting company for six months. And really? Had to, I, well, I had to stop eventually because I realized I was conning people. <laughs> there was nothing there, you know. <laughs> So, you know, that that was an example of like, okay, I'm going to go out and see what there is. And I was like, oh, um, there's nothing actually here. There's there's nothing. And, you know, you know what's,
0: what's really interesting in what you're talking about is that it echoes something that uh, we discussed a, a while back. Uh, it, it it was, who was it with? I can't remember. Um, ah. Anyway, so it, we, we ended up saying it is uh, the important thing is that you experience something. Yeah. Oh, it was with Wendy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the way people change their mind is by experiencing yeah. it. Um, and I have to say, I have, if, if only it, when we're talking about this show, my mind was very set on um, Trump voters, you know, yeah. until I actually took the time to talk to them or to yeah. talk to one or two. And I realized, okay, maybe I'm not, you know, I, I, it was, it wasn't easy to change my mind about all of this. I still have very strong opinions about mm-hmm. many of those things, <laughs> including, uh, uh, you know, Donald Trump himself, but the things you mentioned in passing the idea of universal income, yep. um, it sounds ludicrous when you first hear about it. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. And if you hear about it a little bit more, I'm not saying it's great. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. But yep. going from, F you, you idiot, like freaking communist moron, yeah, from the, at the beginning, and it takes a little bit of effort to listen and to think about it. And at first, when you start seeing, well, maybe your first reaction is to reject it. It's like, pfft. Whatever Mm -hmm. you know, and experiencing it, you're right is a a the best way. So basically, what we're saying is that um, we should all uh, subsidize uh, Americans who don't believe in healthcare to come to Europe and experience it for themselves for a year. Yep, (laughs) let's do that. Just just to help the U.S., I think that would be in keeping with our uh, bleeding heart liberal ethos.
1: You need a few more Patreon supporters (laughs) than you could fund it. So, in the spirit
0: of that, um, I think well, we're going to get to the end of the episode and talk about Patreon for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is, is there anything else you want to you want to say before no, we close the? No, this I'd, I'd,
1: I'd, I just wanted to say thanks for you know giving giving this voice. Um, and like I said before, if anyone wants to challenge anything I've said, please do. Um, it's it's what I think it's it's our it's our duty as humans to challenge ourselves and and challenge each other with respect. Um, and I think the Phileas club is, is, is a wonderful spot for that. Um, so whether it be on the, you know, Phileas club, become a Patreon and we can chat on the, uh, on, in the Patreon board or, uh, or, or, or via Twitter. Um, I just don't like being called nasty names, you know, don't, don't <laughs> <rob in. laughs>
0: no, I think I don't in general, yeah. um, I think in general, um, the, the, the community for the Fius Club is incredibly respectful yeah, yeah, yeah. that 's something I very much appreciate so yeah. um, thank you very much Bruce. I no, will thank, of course you, have uh, your, uh, um, twitter, uh, your twitter your mm-hmm. Twitter account linked in the in the show notes. Um, I would of course like to remind people that, as you mentioned, um, this show is funded much like uh, the NHS efforts um, by the concerted (laughs) efforts of the ones that are uh, concerned by the show. So you can go to patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. The link is in the show notes, of course, and support the show. Um, Again, like the NHS, you might think you don't need it, but really you do and if you do i would encourage you to um let go of that one you know double frappuccino mocha latte if you're mm. a new yorker elite or that you know two that that six pack of beer you were going to go buy at uh, target if you're in the midwest and just go and, and and pledge just a few bucks per episode uh that is how We change the world one episode at a time and one contributor at a time. Well, maybe not change the world, but uh, help open, you know, give uh, uh, interesting views to people around the world. So um, thank you very much to the many, many people who choose to uh, donate a little bit of money to the show. I very much appreciate it. You know, I say it all the time, but it's very true. Um, This show is a labor of love. And it feels incredibly rewarding and validating that you guys decide to um, give me a little bit of your hard-earned cash. And uh, I might be a bleeding heart liberal, but by God, I'll take that cash and use it for stuff <laughs> for me. So... <laughs> thank you very much in advance my name is patrick beja i'm not patrick on twitter not patrick on facebook the show is available at frenchspin.com you can go there comment of course uh, tell us what you think we got wrong what you think we got right Uh, you can leave a review on itunes or other podcast catalogs it is uh, always a pleasure to get them and it helps the show um, and if you are interested in video games You might be interested in Pixels Which is another show uh, hosted at FrenchSpin.com And uh, we just had E3 go by And that is the biggest gaming event of the year And we had a giant episode summarizing all of it And a bunch of uh, other episodes Where we were commentating on uh, live on the press conferences The many press conferences uh, that we followed But uh, go check out Pixels and the latest episode number 61, um, where we summarize E3. And that was a blast, uh, did the episode with Scott Johnson. So go check that out as well. See, interesting stuff and entertainment. Well, I would <laughs> venture uh, the idea that Pixels is interesting as well, because we do analysis and explanation and geeking out, of course. So go check that out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do let us know if you did or if you didn't, including on, on Twitter. Uh, and we will be back in a couple of weeks with a regular episode as usual. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again then. Bye.